Good morning, and welcome to episode 372 of Effectively Wild, a daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. How are you doing, Ben? Ready to record a podcast. Yeah, sorry for making you wait. You know, um, we're at, ever since we crossed into the 300s, um, every episode when I say the number, I feel like that's a famous batting average. Mm. And then I can't remember who it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, 372, doesn't 372 sound like one of those yeah, like runs at 400 that someone made? But yeah. I don't is think it, like, it is. I, like DiMaggio's highest average or something? Um, oh, no, here it is. I found it. It didn't right. take long. My second guess. Todd Helton, 2000. Ah, uh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, n- you know... Nothing happened. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, uh, this is that time when nothing happens. Yeah. So um, I don't actually, I don't think anything rises to the level of wanting to talk about it for 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. I thought we could maybe just talk about a few things. Okay. Um, first, I, I just wanted to note with how much joy I read your David Price trade proposals. <laughs> Thank you. You did this with you did this with John Carlos Stanton before, uh-huh. and they're amazing. They're 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 so good, and everyone is real. But you know what I particularly love about the David Price ones is that um, they are not all uh, clear wins from the team that's proposing them. Uh huh. You know, like it's it's they're, like they miss. Yeah. They miss you think that you think that fake trade proposals are always terrible because hometown fans uh overrate their own prospects or just simply don't want to give anything up. And, and they, so they, they usually just, are most of the ones that I find for these you, things. But a, but a you but you forget that a huge part of what makes these trade proposals amazing is that they are also crazy. Just like, like, just directionlessly crazy. Like they can be wrong in any direction, and so sometimes they wander off. Like sometimes they, they, they wander off and get on a bus and 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 end up in Toledo. But sometimes they wander off and get on a bus and end up in Atlanta. Uh huh. You know, like yeah, that bus can go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, there were a few that would be terrible for the team that that proposed them or. The, the the team that the fan who proposed them roots for um so yeah i don't know it's uh it's i feel kind of bad <laughs> after i do like, it <laughs> so like twins twins offer um byron buxton <laughs> yeah. and eddie rosario for price it, for instance <laughs> is one yeah. that wouldn't work and this is from a twins fan you were i i take it that you were not cherry picking rays fans ones and sneaking them in no, uh, no, this was, yeah, they were, uh, as far as I could tell, I mean, not all of them uh, put their their team loyalty on their comment name or whatever, but you can usually tell that it's it's often a, a Twins blog if it's a Twins trade or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, he, also, he also said Byron Buxton was Brian Buxton. So. Yeah. Yes, there are a lot of draft picks being traded. I like that. Yes, that's always a popular, popular solution to when you don't want to trade one of your one of your good prospects is to trade draft picks, which you you can't do. But it's a, a neat little neat little way not to actually trade any of the players that you don't want to give up. 
And just out of curiosity, have you considered doing one of Ray's fans and what they would want back? <laughs> uh, no, but maybe maybe I will. Um, I don't know, but it it would be kind of hard to come up with one that was as ridiculous in that direction, I think, as as these. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun exercise. It's not. I, I don't know. I feel feel kind of bad about going. <laughs> <laughs> going around the internet and just trying to find people coming up with terrible trade proposals because I don't know there are people saying silly things everywhere about everything and I say silly things about some things. But. Yeah, you know it's true too because occasionally I will say something that is I mean quite frequently in fact I will say something that is intentionally just wrong you know like that's the joke it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense and it's dumb and it's wrong mm-hmm. um, I'm playing the fool mm-hmm. and I will get a bunch of <laughs> I will get a bunch of tweets like you're an idiot and I'm like you follow me like <laughs> why not give me the benefit of the doubt on this like yeah. why not just assume that maybe there's a joke involved and yet here you are, um, you know, picking on the guy who says it's weird that everybody wants David Price. He's a one-pitch lefty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. rather have Phil Hughes than David Price right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were there were times when I discarded one because it seemed too intentional, like the person might be saying it on purpose. Uh, but it's possible that I included some of those by accident. Yeah. All right. On to the baseball. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, that only took five minutes. <laughs> did you see uh, Robinson Cano at the Grammys? I did not. Was he, uh, <laughs> like, was he sit? I mean, I, I assume he was sitting with Jay-Z? He was. Uh, Who else was there? Was he? Was was, was Kevin Durant there? Uh, not that I, I just saw for a second. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I would recognize Kevin Durant if I saw him. So, um, but he did not look fat. He was not fat, Cano. How could you really tell, though? He was I mean, wearing a suit and sitting down. Uh, he was standing when I saw him, wearing a suit, but uh, a nicely tailored suit. That nice. you, yeah, so so maybe there was something to that story about the fat Cano picture being taken outside. You know, one time, uh, this is totally unrelated, but one time um, I read, I just had this vision of Robinson Cano wearing a suit at the Grammys and a Yankees or a Mariners cap, you know, like just wearing a cap. Mm-hmm. Actually, it'd be funny if it was a Yankees cap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember a story of, I think it was Jonathan Sanchez was walking out of the clubhouse one day and he was wearing his hat as he walked out and the team just completely blew up at him and like started making fun of him and like what an idiot he was and like who would ever wear your hat out. Mm-hmm. And so I I don't know that everybody was aware that this is one of those things, but <laughs> no. it, it is. It is. Huh. It is actually one of those things that baseball players are not allowed to wear their baseball cap in a non-baseball function. <laughs> you mean just uh, because of, of peer pressure? Just because I don't know why. It's, not not sure an why. Actual, it's not an actual rule. It's just who would do that? Yeah, all unwritten rules are not actually rules. Didn't right. I say unwritten rule? Did I not say unwritten rule? I don't think so. All right. So John Lester says he would uh, take a discount to stay with the Red Sox. Mm. And um, I, for a while, um, toyed with the idea that um, maybe somebody should write a story about how the Rays, one of the Rays, 
sort of, I, I hate using this term because it gets used all the time, but one of their secret inefficiencies, mm-hmm. you know, their mm-hmm. inefficiencies is, um, is being a place that people like to play. Like they cultivate something from the miners up that mm-hmm. seems to make people want to play there and stay there, which seems like that sort of thing that would be, um, you know, an unmeasurable, nonsensical platitude that some team would say about itself, like, oh, it's the Rays way or whatever. But when you get Evan Longoria or Matt Moore to sign their life away when they're, you know, 23 years old, um, it has huge profit margins, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I mentioned this once to uh, Tommy Rancel, mm-hmm. and he pointed out that um, that when James Shields got traded last year, um, he like three weeks later or whatever weeks later it was, I don't know how long it was after they traded, but when the bus left for, I guess I, I want to say that there was like the bus left for spring training from uh, Tropicana Field or something like that, mm-hmm. and all the players went to sort of get on the bus and go to spring training. James Shields, who was no longer even on the team, like went out there to like wave goodbye and like he just he like loved the franchise so much that even after they traded him he showed up for their spring training send off like he's one of their wives or something uh-huh. and you know so I still have this idea that this might be a thing that the Rays consider valuable maybe it's maybe it's not the only thing that's valuable and maybe you can't measure it and maybe maybe I'm making it up but it does seem like if you can convince if you can create an environment that makes players want to take a discount then of course that discount goes straight to you and so the Red Sox got Dustin Pedroia to sign what now I think well even at the time looked Mm -hmm. fairly absurd and uh, particularly absurd I think it looked particularly absurd when Robinson Cano was shopping for offers and or and he'd be like oh I want $30 $30 million, and then somebody would be like, well, geez, Dustin Pedroia is making $4,000. And you'd be like, geez, Dustin Pedroia is only making $4,000? Like, how do they get him for $4,000? That's like below minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you have John Lester who says, quote, um, I understand that to stay here, you're not going to get a free agent deal. You're not going to do it. You can't. It's not possible. You're bidding against one team. I understand you're going to take a discount to stay. Do I want to do that? Absolutely. Um, But just like I want it to be fair for them, I want it to be fair for me and my family. So you have this quote where he says, I'm willing to take a discount. Absolutely. And then you immediately after have a quote that is the standard you know, but I got to take care of my family too. And I'm going to say, yeah. says, whatever. So, um, we don't know if John Lester means this. John Lester might be completely full of it. He might be planning on hitting free agency unless the Red Sox pay him as though he were a free agent. Um, but would two make a trend in your mind? I mean, do you think it's conceivable that, um, that this is actually something that a team can cultivate or is it just impossible to expect um, you know, people at this level to to take any discount for you, except that rare time when you just get lucky and they agree to. Yeah, I I'm thinking of uh, that Tim Wakefield contract that he had with the Red Sox, where he basically just signed all his rights away. Like they could they could renew him every year at the same price if they wanted to, and he had no 
real say. He could either just play for them or, or no one. Yeah. Um, so that was another one. And it, it does, I mean, it seems like the Rays do a lot of those team building exercises that that every team does, but they do more of them, or at least there's more coverage of them. You know, they, they do a lot of those wacky, like, dressing up as some theme and everyone wears the same sort of thing, or they they do... I, I, if you think of, like, teams doing themed facial hair or, like, haircut things, those yeah. would probably be the two teams that you think of. The Red Sox and the Rays are always doing beards or mohawks or shaving or all that, you know, that kind of activity. Um, yeah. So, sure, I don't know. And you can think of lots of examples of of Red Sox and Rays who didn't take a discount and didn't stay. Uh, I mean, Carl Crawford didn't stay. Jacoby Ellsbury didn't stay. Um, so... I, yeah, I, but those are the only two you can name. <laughs> if I, I thought about it a little bit longer. I bet you can't. I bet you can't. <laughs> I bet you can't. I'll wait. <laughs> uh, well, how far back can we go? Um, uh, to 1985. Well, Johnny Damon said that he would not sign with the Yankees, and then he did sign with the Yankees. Um, so I, 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 I'm sure you could... You could I inc- cannot believe you took that challenge seriously. <laughs> you, you could increase the odds of of having a player come back slightly by by fostering that kind of attitude and and presumably the same the same attitude that would be likely to make a player want to stay would also be the attitude that would contribute to good chemistry in the short term. Um, so you kind of win both ways. If there's such a thing as chemistry helping a team perform, then then you help you you help yourself in the short term, and maybe you also help yourself in the long term. But uh, to have to 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 think there was something to it, really, I I have to go back and see whether there was a difference in the rate at which they re-sign their guys or um, or, or the prices at which they get them. I, I would think it'd be sort of a a case by case thing. You'd be more likely to get the odd person who would do it now and then. Uh, but if you're a Scott Boris client, you're probably not going to do it no matter what. Yeah, I wonder if it's as easy as we sometimes make it, or I don't know, maybe we don't, but we sometimes make it seem to build this sort of thing. I mean, I imagine that if you don't do it right, in fact, I know for a fact that if you don't do it right, team building stuff sucks it's like it, I, it's if you're like working in an office i would hate all that, of it uh i would like if i had to do some hair thing it would be the worst i would hate that there would be no way but, that would make that uh yeah. something that i would want to do but and especially if you already don't like your coworkers that much uh-huh. uh then it just becomes torture like to the idea that somebody is going to uh, that somebody put on their agenda makes Sam have fun <laughs> with guy he doesn't like. Yeah. Like that that's actually deliberate, that it's not it's not it's bad enough to get like trapped in an elevator with somebody you don't like, but mm-hmm. to actually have like people watching you to see if you're having a good time, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> Team building things are just the <laughs> worst. But 
the thing about team building things is they're exactly the things you do at camp, summer camp, and summer camp is the best. There's nothing better than summer camp. It's the exact same thing, except there is just a there's like a touch that you have to have that makes it perfect. And if you put a little too much pressure on, it becomes degrading and demeaning and infantilizing and tedious and horrible. And Russell is actually, I didn't just totally make up that summer camp analogy. Russell Carlton is fond of saying that um, he would run a team like, uh, well, he would hire a camp counselor. If he were interested in building um, clubhouse chemistry, he would hire a camp counselor and basically like, because camp counselors, there's a This American Life actually about this um, maybe a year ago. Um, camp counselors are extremely good at this because if you don't make the week super fun, then nobody comes back. And so it's like they have this huge market incentive, much more than almost anybody else. They have this huge market incentive to figure out a way to make groups have fun and have it not just be fun, but to be sort of, you know, like transcendently fun. <laughs> and so um, he would have a, like a camp counselor basically come in and figure out a way to run the team like a fun way to do it and that's how joe madden essentially does it but Mm -hmm. um like you don't get the sense that that's how the red sox do it right the the red sox if you were if you're if you looked at baseball and said well the way to do this is the Rays way you would not end up like the red sox the red sox are um for one thing they're they're a much more grown-up club you get the feeling that there are, are a lot of guys who are not all that uncertain about their place in the game, like mm-hmm. the Rays might be. They have a lot of guys that could be, uh, that either by temperament or certainly by uh, service time and status um, and salary, could be the leader on any other team, which can go either way, right? You can have too many leaders or, or whatever. Um, and they have um, a much more uh, bottom-up, culture than top down their culture it it seems like the people who um kind of drive the clubhouse are in the clubhouse they're not joe madden right mm-hmm. at least it seems that way i don't know if it's true but they're completely different teams and so when you start thinking okay well is this an inefficiency is can you can can you build this culture that makes one player sign for 10 million less than they should by you know simply by investing five thousand dollars in uh, balloon animals um, well, it's just, it's actually really complicated and it's mm-hmm. super difficult to predict how teams are going to react to various things. And, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting because when I wrote the chemistry piece, it never occurred to me that there was this secondary possible benefit, like that, uh, <laughs> having players that are happy, um, might actually lead to having one player who wants to stick around for mm-hmm. less than he's worth. I don't know though. How many discounts can you really think of? I can think of basically... Two, like I can think of, like like not counting pre-arb guys mm-hmm. who have different economic incentives. I mean, Pedroia clearly took a discount. Yeah. And, can you and even Jared Weaver. say that Matt Moore or Longoria stayed because they were because they liked the atmosphere of the Rays? In that, I mean, they hadn't really hadn't even been at least at the major league level with the team when they signed their extensions. So. Unless there's just a pervasive thing all the way down, that no, they... you you well, I think there I think there is something of a per, I, yeah. I think there might be something of a pervasive thing yeah all uh, all the way down. But um, you can't say it based on what we know. Um, but it's you know it's 
it, that's why I say that there's different incentives for them. And, and so, you know, you can't say it. It, it might have just been an economics thing for them. Although I vaguely recall that it was one of their quotes, which means nothing, quotes mean nothing, <laughs> but that it was one of their quotes that got me thinking about this. Mm. Um, but no, you cannot say that. So we've got Pedroia, who like loves Boston, right? Apparently, and likes being on that team. And it's, and so he, he basically is one. And then you have Jared Weaver, who uh, likes pitching in front of his family and wife, who's a Southern California guy who um, seems to benefit from the park. And um, so it might not have anything to do with that mm-hmm. club or anything that they've done. It might just simply be a matter of being comfortable where he lived. And can you think of anybody else who's signed a high-profile contract that was like a true uh, hometown discount like that's currently going? I was going to say Jose Molina until you said high-profile. Um I am shaking my head over here, Ben. <laughs> shaking my head at your gratuitous Molina uh, reference. Just <laughs> well, he, uh, thrust him into the conversation with no is, provocation. It is often a, a a case of a player wanting to stay close to home, which really doesn't have much to do with the team itself. Um, like like Felix, yeah, Felix. I feel like yeah, it is it is it is sort of um, framed as that. And there is an element of that simply that he didn't really aggressively test the market. Mm-hmm. And he's Felix. Like, like everybody knows he could have gone to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And you expect a guy like Felix not to stay with Seattle. Like it's, the, the, it's just staying in Seattle when he could have escaped kind of. Like, like I love Seattle, but as we've talked about, for some reason baseball players don't. I don't know why. It's weird. Um, it, that's why I think it was, it was branded that way. But, I mean, he also didn't really take it. A discount it didn't seem to me yeah no Mm-mm. he got his yep uh like I, I, I think that i think felix probably got the mariners to pay as much as the mariners would pay i don't think mm-hmm. dustin pedroia or jared weaver got their teams to pay as much as their teams would pay and i don't even know why we're i don't even know why we're lauding oh we're not lauding that no so when somebody says why are you lauding this why do you want to care about the owners we're not we're talking mm-hmm. about the the strategic advantage of saving money mm-hmm. at the expense of your dumb players. <laughs> money balls. Right. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, I I don't know. I'm thinking about the the huge blockbuster deals, and the huger they are, the more likely I am to think of them, and the less likely they are to have been discounted. Uh, yeah, one one rule is that if you think you've thought of one and there's an a player opt out in three years, you haven't <laughs> thought of one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we'll probably get twenty emails about this. Uh, don't email us. Do what Ben <laughs> wants you to do, which is to go to our Facebook page <laughs> where Sam won't have to read what you say. Uh, I'm happy to read if you want to email. Email me. That's fine. But I think Ben really wants you to go to our Facebook page. I do like when people do that at uh, facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. And is there anything else that you want to promote? Uh, I don't moment? I don't usually promote things on a Monday, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm always happy to have people rate and review us and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's Good. it. All right. So that'll do. <laughs> um, oh, and another thing is that we should... Since we made fun of the Phillies for for hiring 
a stat guy who oh, was yeah. not, not actually a employee of the Phillies at the time uh, and was was sort of on loan from from the labor relations department. That stat guy, uh, Scott Friedman, is now a full-time employee of the Phillies. So, so they've got one. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. feel good about that. Yeah. You feel like you had a, a hand in that? Like that you were part of the mockery that led to them doing that? Uh, nope. <laughs> I don't think so. It was, it was kind of uncomfortable because I, I met him uh, shortly after that episode um we were judging at the the nyu case competition where where the students put together like uh, they put together cases for how much a certain free agent should sign for uh and then they're judged by people who work in baseball in some capacity and he and i were were judging them and i don't think he had heard (laughs) what we talked about but he he was certainly aware of the the internet reaction to it uh, and was amused by it, I think. So, anyway, uh, the Phillies did a did a smart thing, presumably by by bringing him on full time. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. People turn out to be nice in person usually. Yeah, almost always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. The end of the show. Okay. Uh, so send us emails for later in the week at podcast at baseballperspectus.com.